0: It's time for another Benny J bonus interview brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader.
1: Bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky show as I speak. It's Friday, September 23rd, 2022. Uh, And uh, well, it's not a headline. I always say people headline in the news. Uh, This is a bit that I just cannot stop talking about. Uh, I've asked So many different people for their thoughts on it. It, it, uh, So it's from a uh, D.L. Hewley Instagram post. Shout out D.L. Hewley. Great comic. Uh, And uh, I mean, I don't even know if the word progressive adequately uh, summarizes his uh, political views, but a great progressive. I'll just put it that way. Uh, And he posted as a post he put on his Instagram feed, which uh, I will get to in a little while. It has to do with Ohio's, the Ohio rally that Donald Trump threw last Saturday more insanity uh, from Donald Trump at that rally. Uh, But this is an interesting take, if you will, on it. So uh, we'll get to it with my distinguished guest. And so first I'll ask my distinguished guest to introduce himself one more time. Take it away, distinguished guest. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me back on the show. I'm David Ferris. I'm an associate professor of
0: political science at Roosevelt University, uh, contributing writer at The Week and at Newsweek, uh, and the author of It's Time to Fight Dirty Hell Democrats can build a lasting majority in American politics. So uh, eager to talk about all of the madness uh, in the world today, Ben.
1: Yes, there is so much insanity going on in the world today. We're gonna get to Ron DeSantis. That's, uh, I know a lot of you are really eager to hear uh, David's thoughts on Ron DeSantis. We will get uh, to Don Bolduc, uh, the Republican nominee for Senate uh, in the good state of New Hampshire. Uh, who flip flopped on the issue of the steel? We'll get to that. Uh, I know everybody wants to talk here. David David's thoughts on that as well. But I got to start with this uh, MAGA Man in Red video that I sent to you and you dutifully watched it. Thank you very much for doing your homework. It was only like 30 second homework <laughs> bed, so I didn't like overwhelm the guy. He wasn't up all night, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> cramming for the Ben Jarovsky show. Uh, shout out one more time, DL Hewley, the great DL Hewley. Uh, I'll never be as great as you, but I can try. Uh, very funny man. And so he put this clip, which I talked about uh, on the regular show Friday, uh, of uh, a man, a MAGA man in red. He's wearing all red. And I call him a MAGA man because he's standing in line in Ohio waiting to see Donald Trump. And across the street are, are a group, apparently, we don't see them on the video, of white supremacists who are passing out their white supremacist literature. And this man is enraged. Folks, track down this video and watch it. Uh, he is enraged. He's saying, cussing him out from across the street. He goes, CNN, CNN will show you to make us look bad. Uh, you make us look bad. I wish I, if the cops weren't here, I'd come over there and take a swing at you or something. And I don't care if you beat me up because there's more of them than him, but I'll fight you. I'll take one of you down with me. I mean, the anger, in this man's uh, face you, in his voice in his face and he denounces them he goes all you do is hate black people all you do is hate mexicans all you do is hate asians he's angry he's a MAGA man in line to see donald trump who's perpetrated like years of hating black people asians and hispanics and he's outraged that some white supremacists come t- to like pass their literature out to a MAGA people waiting in line to see Donald Trump. David, I'm just riveted by this on two fronts. One, I I applaud this man's outrage on one, I really do. I'm just like, yes, you speak for me. And then I'm like, but you're in line to see Donald Trump. Hello. (laughs) All right, help me out, David Ferris. I turn to you for guidance and uh, (laughs) an understanding of what's going on here. Well, this man is at the wrong rally.
0: Uh, if he's, if he's mad at Nazis, but you're in the wrong place. You know, this is a neo-Nazi rally, effectively. Um, so, yeah, I mean, of course, uh, it reminds me of one of these, um, you know, this this trope in movies where, like, um, one of the characters will go home with someone, you know, and they're like, Everybody's drunk and then they wake up the next day and they wake up in bed and they're like, oh my god Who are you like no one this never happens to anyone, right? Like no one has ever gone home with someone and then are woken up and be like, oh my god, who are you? Um, and it's like this this is a guy that's like, oh wow, who's this the i'm in bed with these people. Yeah Ooh, I, I don't like this, you know, I, I I just wanted to dress head to toe in red Um and shout about putting the libs in jail. I didn't realize that the that the, that the white nationalists were invited to this rally um, it's sort of like if we held um a seize the means of production rally, and then we were like, "What are the communists doing here?" Oh, that's so crazy. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's like, uh, like, yeah, it's great. I'm glad that we can agree on, on, on with this one guy at the rally that Nazis are bad. But you know, the reality is, uh, no one has done more to invigorate the the neo-Nazi movement in the United States and the far-right white nationalist movement in the United States than Donald Trump. And my man, you are at you are at the rally. You are there. You are at front and center. You are you are there to, to watch the Messiah speak um, and to and to raise your hand in the weird salute that they did at the end of that rally. Um, where they, remember, did you see this? So Trump puts oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. Puts the music on, uh, you know, the dramatic music and um, just uh, you know just just a weird stuff. I, you know, I, I was a somebody I used to write with at the week watched that segment at the end of the rally and said, okay, that's an altar call um something i something that happens that uh i don't know but i've been inside a church like six times in my life so i don't really know right but like it's it's apparently a thing right um but very disturbing to see it employed at a political rally with people sort of pledging fealty to the to the movement leader um and uh so just um as always extremely disturbing things happening at MAGA rallies and. I I always I love videos of people yelling at Nazis, you know. So that's great, but I don't I don't actually really have that much sympathy for this guy, you know, because it's like, look, what's the practical difference here? <laughs> you know, it's like your guy like cozied up to these people, you know. He invited into the White House. Remember all the you know, do we remember the Trump years? Remember what I call the craziest people on earth, um, which like Ted Nugent would show up to the White House, or like, people would go to the White House and flashing <laughs> yeah. white power signs. Um, very fine people on both sides of the charlottesville rally like take the scales off your eyes man you know like not everybody in MAGA is a nazi you know what i mean but like every every nazi is voting MAGA. so um that's that's the reality of the situation that's the people that you're in bed with we can't always choose our political allies i remember um going to a protest against the iraq war back in 2003 in philadelphia and um some people like you know who organized this rally and and i was like no they were like answer I was like, I told you, I don't know, and they no, no, like the, the organization is called Answer. I was like, oh, okay, all right, yeah. <laughs> and um, I was like, oh, so what? You know, so we're all anti-war. I stand by being anti-war. You know, even if the communists are here or organized, I don't really care. Um, but to, but to, you know, six six years into the Trump era, to not know that the that the neo Nazis are uh, are attracted to this movement, show up at the rallies, um, vote for Trump, um, and, and are engaged in all sorts of like you know uh, terrifying behavior you know proto civil war behavior to to be outraged in 2022 about that it's like you know, where were you in 2016 you know like why are you at this rally why are you voting for these people um if all you are is a patriot um who who wants like low taxes or you know somewhat decreased immigration levels that's you already have a home you know it was it was the republican party before these people took it over um and now you're in, now you're in bed with them so you know enjoy your viral moment but uh, I still don't like you
1: uh, okay uh, and uh, just so people know the annotated david ferris uh, when he used the word patriot he was being ironic uh, he effectively had the word patriot in quotes uh if you are a patriot uh yeah so there there, there was a uh, quote mark around that um all right so see if i'm going out on a limb here uh with my this observation i'm about to make which uh may be off the wall I, I may realize it's off the wall by the time I finish making it, because I hadn't even thought about it till now when I was listening to you. Uh, but it, it relates to a conversation I had the other day, long conversation I had with a uh, man who's going to be a guest on my show, who is working with the Darren Bailey campaign here in Illinois. Okay, now Darren mm-hmm. Bailey for non-Illinois people that that tune in for the David Ferris segment. Darren Bailey is the very much MAGA man running as the Republican nominee for governor in Illinois. Okay, extreme MAGA. Uh, and so I asked this man who is working for the Darren Bailey campaign. Uh, well, he's working for the PAC that supports the Darren Bailey campaign. Anyway, uh, who did you vote for in the last presidential election, 2020, Joe Biden versus Donald Trump? David Ferris, he said, I'm not telling you that. I'm not going to tell you that. That's a, I, you, Do I ask you who you voted for? I go, I voted for Joe Biden. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> you have to ask me, I'll tell you. Uh, I was proud of the fact I voted for Joe Biden. I'm considering the alternative. I couldn't wait to vote for Joe Biden. I voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016. I voted for Barack Obama in 2012. And in 2008, you want me to go on and on? I went all the way back to 1976, my first presidential election. I got no problem. <laughs> now tell me, who did you vote for? I'm not telling you. I'm not telling, I'm I'm like, oh my God, you're embarrassed to say you voted for Donald Trump, and yet you are working for the forces of Donald Trump. So I have many theories as to why he was uh, being evasive. I want to ask you, what do you think is going on? Is it possible that even MAGA is embarrassed by Donald Trump? Is that possible? Have we reached that moment in or is it merely a case where he doesn't want to turn off swing voters? I mean, I, so your thoughts. You know, I I think that there's a certain
0: sort of like professional class Republican who works in Republic, who's Like I've spent their lives working in Republican. I don't know how old this person was, but like, you know, if they're they cut their teeth on other campaigns. You know, they worked for the Rauner campaign. They worked for. um no, that's about as far back as I go in Illinois
1: I don't know so um Jim Thompson Jim Edgar go ahead <laughs>
0: <laughs> I helped you out there go ahead <laughs> um so you know they, they've they worked on all these sort of sort of standard issue Republican campaigns and then um this is their living right and so the election cycle comes around and it's like this is the nominee are you going to work for them or not and the answer generally is yes Right? like are they going to rationalize it however they want. Uh, like the Trump people rationalized it, like um, we're the ones keeping really bad things from happening. If I wasn't working for Trump, somebody worse would be working for Trump and then worse things would happen. And so he's he's probably one of these uh, more traditional Republicans who's who's like, you know, I don't love the way I don't I don't love this stuff. I don't, like, I don't love the direction the party's going. I don't believe in election denialism. But ultimately, I still prefer Darren Bailey to Pritzker. And so I'm going to work for this pack. Um but he's he's the kind of professional class Republican who's like who is uncomfortable with Trump. Like where he, he listens to Trump and he's like, oh man, is this really our guy? This is what we're doing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> where do I sign? And so it may also it may also have just been a case of like, I mean, he knows what show he's on, right? Like so what <laughs> <laughs> are the listeners of Ben Dharovsky's show think of me voting for Trump? Um, he may have wanted
1: he, he may have been trying to implant some some doubt maybe maybe he voted for Biden or something right like no no he said out oh, then like he, uh, i did not vote uh, i could tell you this i did not for joe biden i did not vote for joe biden but so far you know i could have voted for a libertarian candidate <laughs> he just oh, he didn't okay. want to admit he voted for trump so he goes i'm not going to tell you it's a personal question i'm laughing i'm a, it's a since when is asking a political who they voted for a personal question it's it's not like the income taxes that donald trump refuses to release you know what I'm saying? It's, I mean, right. it's not personal that way. Part of normal yeah. discourse.
0: It's, uh,
1: uh, yeah, it's like, look, I, I voted, for, I voted
0: against Joe Biden before I voted for him. I was like John Kerry, you know, <laughs> voted for it before I voted against. Yeah. it. voted against Joe Biden in March and so then I voted for him in, in November. Uh, uh,
1: I, there is something strange going out there, uh, regards to Trump. Uh, I still believe he would be the nominee if he runs, uh, and that brings me to uh, Ron DeSantis. Uh, and I've seen a lot of stuff in politics, David. I've been following this stuff very closely for a long, long time. Don't believe I've ever seen anything quite as uh, just, I don't know, absurd as Ron DeSantis uh, trying to outdo Gregory Abbott uh, for the distinction of being the maggiest MAGA man to run for president in case Donald Trump doesn't run by uh, highlighting the dangers at the border by flying migrants from Texas to Florida, then on to Martha's Vineyard, uh, where they're deposited in Liberal Viewville. And the key to having them fly out of Florida is to make sure everybody knows that he was the one who flew them in, not Gregory Abbott. I'm maggier than Gregory Abbott, who's pretty Maggie. Uh, And then the, the, the icing on the cake, Flying to Wisconsin himself without immigrants in the airplane, Uh, he flew to Wisconsin, Ron DeSantis, to give a speech to a bunch of MAGA people in Green Bay, which is nowhere near the Mexican border. So why are they? scared? (laughs) Why is anybody in Green Bay, Wisconsin worried about the southern border? They got more problems with the northern border, which is just up the road. So that's what Ron DeSantis did. Uh, Please. Please, please, please try to explain why, he, in your humble opinion, he did it, uh, what he thought he would gain by it, uh, and whether he did gain anything by it. Sure. I mean, I think that Kim Jong-un has a has
0: a plan here. You know, um, that is, he wants to be Trump. He wants to be a more competent Trump. You know, he wants to be a Trump that Republicans, that the professional class Republicans cannot have this sort of qualms about. Um, and so he's he's playing this double game. Okay, on the one hand, he is talking like Trump, and if you've listened to his speeches lately, but he has the hand gestures and the mannerisms of Trump so much so that Trump is actually mad about it. um There's there's an article where Trump is like, he's trying to do my stick. You know, that's me. I talk like that. Uh, again, I can't imitate Donald Trump, so I don't even try. But. Um, so he's he's wearing gigantic suits that don't fit him, and like all these people that went to Harvard and are like super rich, you know, like they they know how to fit a suit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like Ron DeSantis is not in good shape, but he could he could find a he could find a suit that fits him better than the ones he's wearing right now. And the, the reason that he's wearing gigantic, dumb-looking, oversized suits is because that's how Donald Trump dresses. Um, he's talking like Trump, and he 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 sounds like Trump, and he he wants to look like Trump. Um, all of which is just like extremely disturbing, right? Um, but at the same time, he's trying to make this play for like the the serious policy Republican. Um, I saw a poll the other day um, of of fl- different the, the different races in Florida, right? And and so um, Desantis was was running ahead of Marco Rubio, right? like uh, I said three or four points higher than Marco Rubio. Um, and and somebody said, "Well, wow, show me the you know who is the <laughs> show me the Desantis Val Demings voter." You know, like who 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 is this person? um and i'm like well that's easy right like it's a it's a democrat who liked the fact that their kids could keep going to school during the pandemic right um or it's a democrat who's like a you know it's like a conservative conservative democrat that's like yeah i don't like it when they tell my kids the white people are bad or what you know like they like the, the 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 faux serious uh policy side of ron DeSantis, um and so i think i feel like the martha's vineyard stunt was a was an attempt to marry the trump performance with the you know with the with the the policy side of, of maga um and i think he failed pretty spectacularly on on both of those counts um because people are talking it's like it didn't achieve anything right um it reminded me of remember when trump brought um paula jones and um what's her name um
1: kathleen willie she brought kathleen Willey,
0: you know, all yeah. these um all the, these
1: people the, guys, Bill know, uh various and I, euphemistically we'll call them mistresses yes go ahead uh
0: the the ghosts of bill clinton's past you know, he brought yes. the ghosts of bill clinton's past to the what was it the second debate with hillary clinton or the third debate i remember um just you know absolutely no meaningful purpose behind what he was doing other than to trigger people um and to and to rattle hillary clinton and to distract from whatever um, abject horrors were about to unfold on the, on the actual debate stage because he's he's an idiot and he can't debate at all, um, and so he wanted people talking about something other than the the mess that was that was going to follow this. Um, it's a it's a PR stunt, right? Um, and so Trump used these women um, as as props in his campaign to tie Hillary Clinton to to uh, to Bill Clinton's past. It worked, right? The media lapped it up. Um, dozens of stories the next day about what he had done and re- revisited all this stuff. And um, so again, yeah, it was like people were talking about Bill Clinton's um, about the accusations against Bill Clinton rather than uh, the issues at stake in the election. Okay. Um, and so here you have Ron DeSantis uh, wanting to turn the conversation to himself, right? The national conversation to himself, which he did successfully. Um, people for a whole week were talking about Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis' stunt, Martha's Vineyard, uh, rich white liberals, all this stuff, right? Like it's a uh, um, I, I like to say that Republicans have the greatest change the subject operation in human history. So they they don't like the way the election is going. Um, what do we want to be talking about? Oh, yeah. Let's scare people about um, uh, brown people pouring over the southern border um, and let's do it like this. Um, and I think where where DeSantis miscalculated was um, not understanding that there are still people in the world who are revolted by the idea of using innocent people as a as a as a prop in your in your political games. Um, it's it's not like when you uh, and this makes me a little uncomfortable to you, but, you know, every State of the Union speech, they have they have the human props in the audience where they're like, it's Joe from Ohio and Joe was able to get life-saving cancer yeah. treatment because of the affordable care act just stand up yeah. <laughs> um, it's like those people came there willingly they think they knew what they were doing it's not like they were like okay come with me um uh, you get uh, two free meals at the at the washington uh, hotel and uh at a free tour of the smithsonian um and then they end up at the state of the union getting getting called out on national tv and they didn't know what was happening it's like they know exactly what's happening these folks got on the plane under false pretenses um, you know, thinking they they were going to find opportunities in Massachusetts, which ironically they might, right? <laughs> but DeSantis didn't do it to help them. DeSantis didn't do it to solve a policy problem. Um, it was all part of the like lib ownership industrial complex, yeah. um, where the, where the MAGA movement, um, is, seems mostly more concerned with, with making people angry and, and anxious and, and upset, um, rather than with achieving concrete policy aims. Like, I don't know what the Republican policy is on the border right now, other than building a wall. Um, and the wall is not going to stop people legally seeking asylum, which is what the people on the plane were. Um, they were Venezuelans. I think this is bad for DeSantis in Florida, um, because you have a lot of... Um, he's alienated some of the Venezuelan um, immigrants who are, are the kind of people who like flee from left-wing dictatorships and then vote Republican for the rest of their life. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's ticked off those people. Um, I can't imagine this plays well in the Cuban community. Um, where you, you know, you, you put a bunch of um uh, you put a bunch of desperate people on a plane and just drop them off in the middle of uh, Barack Obama's favorite vacation place, which is of course that's why he picked it, right? Like this all this all goes back to like um the Republican Party's freak out that the we elected a black president. Um and it's like, where does the black president vacation? Martha's in the place with the weirdly specific name. Um why that suck around you know it's like this island is called steve's workshop you know um so it's like there's no, there's no vineyards out there man. i'll tell you that uh a a vineyard on the off the coast of massachusetts so nobody's gonna drink whatever comes out of that vineyard so um it's it's it's, it's just gross you know it's like a, it's a it's a gross maneuver um and Ron DeSantis himself is like like a, just an increasingly disgusting person.
1: <laughs>
0: and but it's like that's that's the way forward and today's Republican party is to just be the most vile person that you can be. Um and and be unapologetic about it and and appeal to people's basest instincts and their their fears of of immigration um rather than you know making a good faith effort to uh, to solve whatever the problem is supposed to be there. So very much on brand for Ron DeSantis, very depressing. Um, that this is again, helping him inside the Republican Party rather than rather than hurting him. It's like, I would like to think that our political adversaries would not want to do these kinds of things. Yeah. But uh, but they do they, I mean, like the, the equivalent would be like, hey, Ben, um, let's round up a bunch of uh, newly born unwanted children and their miserable and their miserable moms and uh, deposit them in Brett Kavanaugh's backyard. Does that sound like a good idea you know, but also let's tell them um that we're taking them to florida to start a new life um where they'll get like you know assistance and a new place to live but instead we're just going to drop them with the kavanaugh's and let the kavanaugh's deal with it you know and if the kavanaugh's send them away ha, gotcha hypocrite right you want babies to be born but you don't personally want all 100 of these women and their children in your house
1: <sighs> wow good, that you know? was a great ref <laughs> i gotta take a pause for a moment uh that the thing with the kavanaugh i thought you were say amy cody uh bear but kavanaugh works just as well or sam alito whatever uh nobody
0: hits on gorsuch enough you know
1: he sucks too so I mean, Gorsuch what. gets away I, I, he gets away with murder because he's so quiet uh <laughs> and he had the one ruling about uh native american reservations like and then all these liberals liberals are always bending over whoa well, that was an interesting ruling, and it shows, you know, that you cannot judge these people, <laughs> <They're> liberals. <laughs> but here's the thing. I just got to go back to where you began, uh, The Riff, uh, with uh, – would to just push back a little bit. What Donald Trump did in that 2016 uh, debate um, from a political move, yes, it was really disgusting, uh, but it was brilliant in a way because he wasn't just in general – Uh, trying to deflect from the debate. He was deflecting from a very specific thing that looked like it was going to destroy his campaign. And that, of course, was the release of the videotape, of the tape of him saying, bragging, that he uh, grabbed women by their pussies. He said that. Everybody in America who thought they knew anything about politics said, it's over. It's like the 10th time in that campaign cycle, Donald Trump did something that people said, it's over. (laughs) That's it. It's through. (laughs) And so what he did, and I think it was very effective on so many levels, David, what he did was to um, expose the outrage of Americans to a certain degree. Follow me on this. Like, oh, you're acting outraged? Like, you don't say this stuff like this all the time? Like, when you get with your friends, you don't say ridiculous, embarrassing things that if we're videoed, and recorded and put on national TV you wouldn't be embarrassed by it. and by the way guess who else do, guess who else does it your leader bill clinton the husband of your nominee and you think i'm so bad let's see what these women have to say about bill clinton and really what could the clintons do you know i mean it kind of ended that as an issue in the campaign so there's something very real about it that on one level, I appreciate it. I, I can't think of anything to say, I, whatever. I, The thing the thing is just like, I, when I think about what Ron DeSantis does, we'll go back to this, and this is my question to you. Uh, DeSantis wants to position himself somehow or other as a more competent Trump, Trump. And I hear this all the time, even, well, even, I should take even all of that. even liberals, well, you know he's more fearful than trump. I'm like, how could you say he's more fearful than Trump? Trump was the president. Do you remember the Trump years? How could it be worse than and so David, I don't understand like this stunt that he pulled. How does that distinguish him as being more competent? What policy does that promote? You said he wants to be like a taken serious as a policymaker. What policy is he promoting? by luring immigrants onto an airplane, flying to Florida, flying to uh, Martha's Vineyard, and then bragging about it in Wisconsin. I need to know, <laughs> like, in what world would that be viewed as a competent Trump? Help me out.
0: Well, I mean, the plane landed, right? So <laughs> it's. <laughs> it took off 100%. it landed the, the people got on and off um which is more I, I assume the pilots got paid right um if it was trump you know <laughs> they would end up in like uh, poughkeepsie or something or like martha's vineyard uh, arizona um and then the, like three days later the pilots were like they never paid us i don't know what happened you know uh so it's like just the ability to like pull off a pr stunt without screwing it up uh you know it didn't end up at the four seasons landscaping or anything um I, but i i think this was more the um this was more of the like i want to prove that i'm like a showman like trump yeah um and some of the other stuff that he does as florida governor um is like i think trying to take the culture war stuff and turn it into concrete policy um you know don't say gay in public schools uh the parental rights act stuff that abbott's running on in texas um all of these like uh just weird um Fixations on, on random uh, events that that come out of Chris Rufo's mind. Um, he, you know, Desantis wants to say, um, "We had four years of this culture war. I can actually get it done, right?" Um, Trump owns the libs. Um, I can own the libs too, but I also know how to not like have it stopped in court, right? Like, I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think he's even good at that, right? But that's like what he's. Um, that's what he's trying to present to the world, and so he's walking this fine line between being someone that the professional class Republicans in 2024 can say, "Okay, let's do this guy instead of Trump." Like we get everything the Trump, but we get everything we want out of Trump, but like in a different, in a slightly different package. And to the MAGA rubes, he wants to be like, "I'll I'll do the weird stuff. For you. <laughs> like, Don't worry, right? Like I'll, um, I'll do extremely weird stuff that will disturb liberals as well." Um, so it's um. I also think it was. I don't think that Desantis did this out of the blue of his own accord. Right? Like I think that someone that, that that this was worked out with MAGA strategists and, and and national Republicans who wanted to change the conversation to something else. Um, now, if these ding dongs had just waited around for ten days, like the stock market crashed today, they could be talking about that. Um, but uh, but no, they wanted to do it immediately. So they so they did this, um, and it's not the first time, and probably not the last time that they're going to use the border um in the in the run up to an election to return people to return people's focus on their fear of uh of undocumented immigrants, um their fears of some sort of invasion or whatever uh, people in Green Bay are worried about. None of it makes any sense. You know, I my my favorite thing about this whole affair was like all all the all the, the the faux serious right wing writers like like Rich Rich Lowry of the of the New York Post who were like, well I see he was trying to make a serious policy point, right? Like you know, liberals want open borders it's like no like two percent of democrats want to have literal open borders right but like uh you know they want they want these policies but they want to live with the consequences you know um so we're going to show them what it's like to 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 have migrants in their communities you know and it's like my dude um <laughs> rich baby I probably interacted with more uh, undocumented immigrants in like the last two hours than you have in your entire life, you know? So um, people in Chicago and LA and New York, all the places that Republicans love to hate um, are surrounded by undocumented immigrants, like realize that they're part of our community, right? Um, They're in my classes, right? Like work at the restaurants that we go to. Um, They're they're part of the United States, they're here. Um, You're afraid of them because you've never met one right like you live in a gated community and you live with a bunch of dentists in like uh, the suburb of fort lauderdale um and you probably never uh, never had a serious interaction with an undocumented in your whole life um so it's not a, it's not a serious ploy right like we all like we do live with the consequences of these policies right um and i support them because it's it's the it's the right thing to do um and in fact going beyond that like no one wants a huge mess at the border where we have to house people and uh, there's years long delays in, in processing asylum applicants and people are dying, crossing the Rio Grande. They're like, oh, no one cared about all these people that died crossing. It's like, of course we care about that. We don't want that to happen. That's why, that's why like most mainstream Democrats for 20 years have supported this big compromise that we can't get through because Republicans won't support it. Yeah. Um, so it's like, what's your plan? You know, like your plan is to build a wall. And it's like, OK, well, nobody wanted to do that. Um, and now we're still stuck with this problem because Congress won't do anything about it. Uh, Democrats are afraid of their own shadow about this issue—not um, not the only thing, but like you but know, very serious by afraid to publicly push. Um, I think things that are quite popular as solutions to some of these problems, and so we're stuck with this mess. And this, um, you know, this disingenuous uh, B-list showman gets to gets to hog the national stage for five days, and then we're talking about that instead of uh, Dobbs. So we're talking about that instead of uh, the anti-democracy movement. You know, yeah.
1: Well, I uh, by the way though, just maybe think uh, where uh, their their uh, their solution was to build a wall, uh, and don't forget uh, <laughs> Donald Trump's promise and build a wall and have Mexico pay for it. Always that one's always gets. Remember that one? Uh, and I remember there was one bit where Donald Trump was one of his rallies. And this is where there's something funny about Donald Trump, legitimately funny, and he he was talking about the wall. And how people are criticizing, guess what? The wall just got higher. And <laughs> there is no wall. It, it, everybody, yeah, it really is. If you guys have ever watched pro wrestling, it's straight out of pro wrestling. <laughs> um, all right, so I see nothing legitimate about Ron DeSantis. Uh, he's a, a Donald Trump wannabe. And we'll, uh, we'll just point out where we started the show. People are ashamed to admit they voted for Donald Trump. Uh So we'll see if. People are ashamed to admit they voted for Ron DeSantis. By the way, so let's just, I must ask you, uh, Ron DeSantis, while he's doing this, is running for uh, re-election for governor of Florida, and he's acting as though that's just in the bag. Do you think there's any possibility uh, that he could lose in November uh, because of stunts like this? Or forget stunts like this. Do you think there's any possibility he could lose in November? I haven't studied the polls that much so I really don't know the answer to this question. Go ahead.
0: It's extremely unlikely. Um you know for whatever reason Ron DeSantis remains relatively popular in Florida. Um and he happened to I personally think he happened to to get his least effective challenger in uh, in Charlie Crist who is a a former Republican um in, in Florida, and has been running for various statewide offices in, in Florida for a long time, um, and was a former governor. Right, Like, uh, I don't know why Democrats have not le- learned this lesson, but like hauling back figures from the past, um, presuming that they have good name ID and are relatively re- well respected, just just runs headlong into this deeply ingrained partisanship that we have. So it's like, you can look back at this laundry list the last six years, um phil Bredesen in, in tennessee the democratic nominee for senate in 2018 um, evan by in indiana uh, russ feingold in wisconsin um, you name it there it's like oh people like this person once upon a time right like so we'll just bring him back and we'll win and it, it's just it's it's not working that way you know charlie Crist is like an old white man and um <laughs> i don't think it excites anyone in florida um you know he's not down like um the like real clear politics has it at four and a half you know 4.8 points he's down so it's it's not unthinkable um that chris could win but i think that you like for him to win that race or for like val demings to win her, her race against marco rubio i think that democrats would have to be the beneficiaries for the first time since 2012 of systemic polling error in the other direction you know so yeah <clears throat> 2014 2016 2018 2020 for the most part the polls were wrong if the polls were wrong they were wrong um and it, it hurt democrats right like democrats did worse than they were expected to do mm-hmm. um if you have a situation where pollsters are not picking up the signal from anger about about Dobbs or um you know young people returning to the fold after the student debt stuff um they're screening out uh, voters that are going to turn out for democrats systemically sure he could win um, but I wouldn't put any money on it. Uh, I, I think DeSantis is uh, unfortunately in a good in a good position to be reelected
1: um,
0: as governor of the state of Florida. I think Florida has really tilted to being um, like a lean Republican state rather than a, than the toss up state that it's been for a long time. Um, and that's just uh, that just is what it is. Uh, I, I wouldn't. It's not a place that I would
1: focus our energies. No. And and and, and I'll uh, uh David Ferris theory I'll throw to you. Uh, you've said this so many times in the show, and uh, and that is is that uh, the Democrats uh, should uh, run uh, against Republicans, pointing out that Republicans are crazy, uh, and uh, that's a paraphrase of what you said many times in the show. They're lunatics, and one lunatic after another. And we'll get to stop the steal in New Hampshire uh, in a moment. But uh, I think crazy plays well in Florida, so I think that's just. The nature of Florida politics and just the culture of Florida, uh, crazy plays well there. Uh, so that would help Ron DeSantis. The one thing uh that you put in my brain is uh the Dobbs decision. And I remember when it first broke, you and I having a discussion about how after Kansas, the referendum of Kansas, people were really talking about a lot. Uh and it's retreated as an issue that is publicly discussed. You know how the news cycle is in this country. David, we only pay attention to something for like at best a week, and then we move on to other things. So I understand that it's no longer on the pages of newspapers. That does not mean it's in the minds of voters. Uh, And so I just don't know what the impact will be anywhere, specifically Florida. I know the same dynamic has to be playing in Florida on some level where uh, middle of the road voters saying, no, this is too far. The Republicans want to take us too far against abortion rights. And so that may be a factor. And that may be what the polls aren't picking up.
0: Yeah, it's possible. It's, It's also possible, you know, but winning in Florida for a Republican depends on doing much better with Latino voters than Republicans do nationwide um same same deal in texas right like these are these are states with um enough latino voters that if they if texas and florida um latinos voted the way like california or arizona latinos did the republicans get wiped out you know um and so Desantis's life and good fortune in politics depend on staying in the good graces of those voters um and it's it's one of those things where you think about the stunt that he pulled last week and it's like there's a real downside there for him potentially you know whether people are going to turn on him about that you know mm-hmm. i doubt it but um if i'm him and i'm sporting if i'm the one with a five-point lead um heading into october that's when you play that's when you play keep away you know that's when you look man you kneel at 30 seconds so you you run out the clock right you, you're not going to run um uh what, what is it called when the quarterback hands it to the guy and then the guy throws it
1: oh hail mary
0: yeah one Of those things, you don't do that, you're winning, you don't need the Hail Mary, you know. Yeah. What are you doing?
1: <laughs> no, you're waiting for the election at least. Yeah, uh, f- football, football metaphors in politics. All right, uh, let's switch gears, uh, and close with Dan Baldock, uh, who is the Republican nominee in New Hampshire uh, and uh, was a extremist on the issue of the stop the steal. He, uh, declared, uh, that uh, he signed a letter saying that Joe Biden was not, uh, the the rightful winner, the election had been stolen. He added a Republican debate in August. He said, uh, do you, they was asked, do you stand by that uh, act, allegation, that accusation? He goes, quote, damn it, I stand by it, all right? Two weeks later, he won, thanks to his extreme MAGA views, uh, the Republican primary, and as a result, is the nominee to run against uh, incumbent uh, Maggie Hassan, who is, uh, in, is a Democrat, obviously. Uh, and one day after that, he said, and I quote, I have come to the conclusion, and I want to be definitive on this, the election was not stolen. So somehow in the course of two weeks, he uncovered some evidence that changed his mind about what he had been insisting for the last two years. I'm being facetious here. I don't believe there was any evidence that he discovered. I believe uh, he realized that he could not win in New Hampshire uh, if he stuck to uh, the, stick, the, the election was stolen, and so he dropped it. Which leads me to this question. Is it possible, David, that even the looniest MAGA people don't believe the idiocy they're spouting? That even, like, the lunatics are merely thinking, well, i got to say this to win over the lunatics. <laughs> so <laughs> so we always, like, work for the assumption, oh, this one believes it because he's a, a lunatic. But no, maybe they're all phonies, and they're, like, Richard Irvin types who ran here in Illinois, and nobody believed that he was a lunatic ma- MAGA man. As a result, he got clobbered. So help me out. <laughs> help me understand uh, Bulldog's sudden flip flop on his most sincerely uh, entrenched belief. Go ahead. I think
0: this one's pretty simple. Um, one, I think most Republicans running for office. Know that the election was not stolen. Okay, the stolen election narrative is uh, is a mythology created by Donald Trump um, to avoid admitting that he lost the election and to try to install himself forever. Convinced Republican rank and file, um, you know, about two thirds of Republicans or so believe this ridiculousness. Um, but I think I think Republicans with access to knowledge about how elections work and and how our our voting machinery works i think probably 90 percent of elected republicans know that the election was not stolen um and so baltic is just proving that he's one of those 90 percent uh, as crazy as he sounded three weeks ago um but the reason that he you know regardless of whether he knows that in his soul or not he's only doing what's going to benefit him okay and the, the, the thing that flipped him right after he won the primary um was it last week um three polls um, Hassan 51, Bullduck 40, Hassan 53, Bullduck 40, Hassan 49, Bullduck 41. Like, dude is about to get wiped out. Okay, because New Hampshire is not MAGA world. Um, it's a it's a it's a closely divided state, but New England Republicans are just a different creature than Republicans in the rest of the country. Um, and you cannot get elected statewide in New Hampshire or Massachusetts or Vermont if you are um, a MAGA maniac spouting this kind of nonsense. Um, and so he's he wants to get elected. He's not just uh, making a suicide run here. He, he wants to beat Maggie Hassan. And he knows he can't do it if he doesn't disavow some of the crazier things in Trump world. And this is the easiest thing to disavow, right? It's, it's easier than saying, I don't support Trump. You, you just say like, ah, oh, you know, I took, there's a New York Times article about the three, you know, three of these flippers. Um, that was a uh, Blake Masters and and Dr. Oz and uh whoever's running in Washington State. I can't remember her name, Tiffany Smiley, I think. Yes. Um, all of whom have, have said, well, you know, I have look at the evidence. Um, I'm not really sure that the election was actually stolen. Um yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to send, like to to communicate to these like, you know, kind of suburban swing voters, I guess, that they're not as crazy as, as Trump is. You know, uh, I'll cut your taxes, but I still believe in democracy. Um, and the and the idea is that they can they can do that and get away with it. Um, I don't I don't think it's going to work for Baltic, honestly. <laughs> so uh, I think the instant that they nominated the, the craziest person in the field, Hassan was uh, functionally reelected. You know, it's a different story in a place like Nevada, right? Yeah. Where um, Catherine Cortez Masto, the Democratic incumbent, is in. Is in a tough fight with a with an election denier named Adam Laxalt, and um, I just think that the independent voters in Nevada and, and New Hampshire are different. Republicans are different. Um, there's certain places where you can you can get away with uh, just sort of fusing yourself with Trump and and letting the chips fall where they may. And and these other candidates who are running in tougher places are getting bad polls. Uh, they're just throwing stuff against the wall, and they're like, "What if I wasn't an election denier? Would that help?" Um, but we'll see. (laughs) Um, I haven't seen any polling in New Hampshire since, since he made this flip. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see.
1: Yeah. And I, I suppose, uh, it's, that's also the reality here in Illinois. I was talking at the outset of the the show about the, uh, the man who's working on behalf of the Bailey campaign, uh, who, uh, uh, won't tell me who he voted for in 2020, uh, because apparently they realized that in Illinois, uh, being for Trump is sort of the kiss of death statewide, and so what you have to do is be Trumpian in every single way, uh, without <laughs> acknowledging that you're uh, you're a, you're actually a MAGA person. Uh, you know what? This is a Republican problem, uh, so I don't really care. On one level, on the other, on the other hand, uh, it's still pretty frightening, uh, David. You know that uh, in Nevada which Joe Biden won and is key to the electoral college uh, victory, you can run as a MAGA man, unapologetic. Like yeah. Nevada's not New Hampshire. Nevada's not Illinois. You know, Even Arizona is not Nevada because Blake Masters felt compelled to edge away from it. So it's pretty frightening. I don't believe he will win, uh, Laxalt will win in Nevada. I ultimately don't. I think the abortion issue and the nuttiness issue of MAGA will hurt him, but it's pretty frightening.
0: It's depressing that it's this close. I mean, um, Data for Progress, which is Sean McElwee's organization, is a left-wing progressive organization that do, do they do polls and stuff, and they released a bunch of polls yesterday of Arizona and Georgia, you know, showing Carrie Lake, who's the uh, conspiracy theorist running for Arizona governor, beating her competitor and uh, Warnick and Walker in a dead heat, and Masto and Laxalt in a dead heat. Now, this is a this is a progressive pollster, right? And so, um, you know, I, I've been on here a couple times in a better mood <laughs> uh, because things really have changed, and they're they're we are in better shape than we were in May. Um, but let's you know, let's not kid ourselves. Um, this is this is going to be close election across the board, and um, I think the idea that Dobbs Dobs was going to blow it open and we were going to have a cakewalk like twenty eighteen, it's not going to happen for a variety of reasons. Um, some of it's some of it's the economy, some of it's turnout, some of it's Biden, but we're, you know, we, we've got to keep our eye on the ball here because, I mean, I, I'll guarantee you, one, I mean, one of these nutcases is going to win, um, and and we just got to try to keep as many of them out of out of office as we can, um, and it's going to be it's going to be tough, it's going to
1: be a tough fight. All right, on that sobering we note, we're going to close down uh, today's conversation. Let's hope it's a happier mood uh, the next time you're on the show. Uh, So David, once again, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Ben. It's always a pleasure. I'll see you next time. See you next time. That's David Ferris. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody.